going on, FA Nation? Welcome back. Back to another road course this week. I'm Dan Malin, joined by Matt Sells, the FSWA two-time NASCAR Rider of the Year. Matt, how are you? What did you think of the uh, the Coca-Cola 600? I'm doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. Got uh, It's been a very, very busy week here at FA, and you all will soon find out why. Um, but yeah, running on... Uh, not all that much. I mean, a decent amount of sleep right now, but as the weekend goes, it's going to be progressively less and less sleep. But um, overall, I thought the uh, Coke 600 was um, fairly uneventful. Yeah. One, there was, what, two <laughs> incident cautions? Um, Kyle Larson basically ran out front almost the whole time. I mean, about 320-something laps led. Um, it was a pretty quick race, right? Like, just under, f- just about four hours, I think. Um, yeah, it seemed to, for a Coke 600, it seemed to go pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, and I, I think do that was due to the Fox broadcast sucked yet again. Um, but, you know, such as it is, it's what we, it's what we have. So, um, but yeah, congrats to uh, Team Hendrick for being the winningest organization in NASCAR history at this point. Um, yeah, it's just frightening to think what Kyle Larson could have been if he had come up with Hendrick instead of Chip Ganassi in the first place. Well, we're seeing it in action now, consistently good each and every week. Uh, you do have an opinion on his salary this week. I'm pretty sure most will agree with you. Uh, I do. But uh, we have a pair of road courses for Xfinity and, and the Cup Series. I guess I'll just briefly touch on Mid-Ohio. Um, cause they're not racing the same tracks this weekend and ultimately, right. uh, they're, they're going back to the just show up and race format. Uh, that's going to help everyone that has experience on these tracks this weekend. Um, Ty Gibbs is priced at 10,400 starting on the front row, which is still good. Uh, but at the same time, he's starting next to Austin Cindric, who has run incredibly well here in the past. Uh, DK pretty much got the salaries right on almost everybody. I mean, Josh Berry is not in the number eight car for JR Motorsports this week, but he's 9,700 starting P31. Uh, Miguel Paluto is in the number eight car for JR Motorsports this week, and he is 9,300. Uh, I almost prefer him over Barry simply because Paluto has probably more experience on road courses. Andy Lally, I believe he said on Twitter earlier, excuse me, uh, I believe he's in on Twitter earlier this week that this will be his last Xfinity race of the year. As of right now, because he's got nothing set up for um, Indy <clears throat> Road or what, Road America? Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. So those, uh, I assume he'll get an invite, but I'm also operating under the assumption that he's uh, trying to go out with a bang. Um, those are going to be the the popular road ringers. Preston Partis might also be popular at 7,900. Um, starting P39, though, so I do think that's chalk. I might aim to be a little bit under the field. Brett Moffitt is a guy that I wish was priced poorly again, but he's not. He's 8,100 starting P18. I'm probably going to be matching exposure with the field, or I will just be significantly lighter. I'm not loving it. But I do like a guy like Landon Castle starting P20. I feel like I'm rambling and boring Matt to death. Uh, Jade Buford is a guy that... Starting in the top twenty six thousand dollars, he's a guy I am going to get a little bit of uh, GPP exposure to. Still not sure how I feel about Bailey Curry at fifty nine hundred starting P thirty eight with PD, but at the same time that will be a popular paydown option. 
Um, might even get a little exposure to Joe Graff this week, but we'll see. Uh, I feel bad because I just dove right into an Xfinity preview, and we didn't really talk news, but I don't know if there is much news. Not really. I mean, there was a report that came out towards the end of the race um, on Sunday, I guess just before the race on Sunday, that uh, Denny Hamlin and Michael Jordan are looking to expand 23X at racing, and Kurt Busch is potentially the leading candidate for that. I don't know because like dude went from retiring to jump into 23XI. Yeah. Like um but then earlier in the day Denny Hamlin gave a quote about how he's going to have to evaluate if it's worth it to expand because the charters are really expensive to get and um probably not really necessarily worth it to spend that much because the charter system goes away in 2024. Or it's slated to like phase out unless they keep it around or replace it or something. Like there's a timeline where it could go away in 2024, right? So he's talking about paying millions of dollars for something that goes away in two seasons. Like doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense. I do think that they expand, um, whether that be leasing some of Spires, uh, you know, because he also made a, cr- a comment about how teams have charters that clearly don't have enough money to run them properly so um so we'll see there but yeah it's kind of interesting that that kurt bush seems to be the top guy which means that chip ganassi would then have to replace another driver twice in two years um but that's kind of all the news that really happened this week right i mean i don't think i'm yeah josh barry got the ride in the truck series Right, for the next several races? Uh, for, I believe, Nashville and I think Texas and maybe one or two more. Yeah, so that's good for Josh Barry. He got himself a truck ride. Um, He'll just show up and race in anything. Kind yeah, of basically. Um, but, yeah, that's about that's all, about all the news, really. Um, this week, we're at the Cup Series is at Sonoma, so... Basically two thirds of the way across the country from the other, <laughs> the other series which are in Ohio, um, yeah. So it's been two years since they've raced at Sonoma. Twenty nineteen was the last time they raced there. Twenty twenty did not happen um, because of the pandemic, obviously, and whatnot. So um, they are racing the carousel version of the course, which we saw in twenty nineteen. It'll be the seven hundred and fifty horsepower package again. <clears throat> Like we saw in 2019, except for the fact that this time there's low downforce. In 2019, it was high downforce. So, you know, we'll see. The, it'll be the same package that they just ran at Coda. It'll be the same package they ran at the DRC. The same one they ran at uh, Darlington uh, and the short tracks this year. So, um, you know, we got 90, 90 laps of road racing this weekend. Um, about 200 and... 27 miles or so um and no practice no qualifying they set the qualifying order on wednesday based on the formula that we've all gotten used to which lo and behold shocker has put kyle larson on the front row with chase elliott um and william byron is third uh on the starting grid with denny hamlin fourth so kind of a lot of road people up front there um Especially between Chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin's pretty good at road courses. Kyle Busch has won here a couple of times. Um, Larson could have won Coda a couple of weeks ago. Byron's gotten better at road courses. 
So it's a lot of road course guys up front. All right. Why don't we just dive in? We've already previewed it. Um, yep. Uh, one thing I do want to touch on is uh, how are you approaching first timers this week? No practice. They didn't get to run it last year. So we're talking guys like Reddick, uh, obviously Briscoe, but even Cole Custer, Christopher Bell. How are we approaching the newbies? Um, so Briscoe, I know, is doing is set up to do the ARCA race here uh, on Friday, I believe, that that runs. Um, or Saturday, possibly. But it runs a day or two before the um, Cup Series race. So he's going to get some track time. Um, obviously not the same horsepower, not the same size car, not the same weight car, whatnot. But it is track time on a track that he hasn't been on before. Um, you know, we all talk about how they have the simulators, and that's true. Um, so, you know, I expect some of these guys to get tips there. Christopher Bell has quite a bevy of road course experience to go talk to, and Kyle Busch and Martin Truex Jr. and Denny Hamlin who have all raced and done very well at this track. I think each of them has a win at this track. Um, so, you know, I'd be a little bit more cautious. There's certainly going to be more GPP plays because we obviously don't know how they're going to handle this. Now this is, what, the third road course of the year for them at this point between Daytona road course, Coda, and uh, now Sonoma. I almost um, wanted to say that Coda was Quite literally, a wash. Yeah, I mean... It, we, it, we shouldn't... That wasn't really quality racing. It wasn't. Um, that's true. Some of these guys did get in the Xfinity race, though. Um, right, like... I think, wasn't Tyler Reddick in the Xfinity race at Coda? Yeah, and he, um, he did pretty well in, uh, I think, the 31 car for Jordan Anderson. Yeah, and... You know, so a few a few of these guys got some added road course experience in Cup in a in Xfinity in a dry condition and a challenging course. So, um, but yeah, I mean it's certainly tough to gauge because it's not like they run this this track in Xfinity. Um, it's a Cup only track. Um, so, you know, Christopher Bell's a pretty good road racer. Chase Briscoe, up and down on road courses, um, but I think the ARCA series race will help him some. Uh, Scott Heckert is a road course ringer in the Cup Series this week uh, in B.J. McLeod's car, starting 35th. Uh, James Davison, again, guy continues to be in the Cup Series. He has a lot of open wheel experience. So, um, you know, uh, I would stick, if you're going to go with the first-timer guys, <coughs> it'd be who? It'd be GPPs this week for sure. Okay. I'm not relying on them in cash. All right. Now let's just turn our attention to the two big elephants in the room, Martin Truex Jr. and Chase Elliott. They are the most expensive drivers. Uh, Truex has a, he probably has an easier path to hit value just because he's offering much more PD. For Chase, it's almost like for him to really kind of take down a GPP, it's almost like he really needs to dominate the race. And I don't think Sonoma's been his best road course necessarily. Not really. In the last four races at Sonoma, he starts on average 7.8 and finishes 17.5. Now, that does include once he crashed out, which is a 37th place finish, but there's only two top 10s in the last four. So even when he's been winning everywhere else, he still hasn't 
quite figured out Sonoma yet. So, um, whereas Truex certainly has the better history here. He's won twice in the last four races here. Um, in fact, won back-to-back years in 2018 and 2019. Because um, they only race here once a year. Um, and aside from a 37th place crash out, or I think actually what happened was I think a, a part broke on his car that year in 2017, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but in the last four, he's finished fifth, 37th, first, and first. So if the part doesn't break, and when he was running 37th, he was actually running pretty well in that race. So, um, yeah, Truex has been pretty good here. He's also been a lot better of late in the 750 horsepower package. Like all of the wins from September of 2019 until now, all of his wins have come in this package. Whether it be on road courses or ovals or short tracks or whatever, it's all been the 750 horsepower. And his average finish is better in this package than it is in the 550, which became quite apparent last week when he basically never showed up. Um, So, yeah, I would say that Truex has the better path to value. Um, But in terms of value, I think they highly mispriced Kyle Larson. Go on. I think Larson is $9,700 this week. He's on the pole, right? And ordinarily on a road course, I know we don't talk quite so much value and whatever, and we didn't last. But, like, he was 10-2 at Coda, and he's not known to be a road racer at Coda, right? He led four laps that race, had three fastest laps, and that was shortened by 14 laps, in which... He likely would have led, like, the last 10 laps had they not called the caution because he didn't need to pit again and Chase Elliott did, right? He still put up 44 points in a shortened coda, which, yes, didn't hit value. But here's the thing. In $9,700, he needs 48.5 points to hit value. Starts on the pole. If he finishes in the top five and leads, let's say, 10 laps and gets about let's say, five to ten fastest laps, which is completely doable given how good that car has been all season. He hits value. And I think it's worth mentioning, though, that it is a road course race. So while we are preaching value, um, I don't necessarily look for guys to hit value. I I do look... because with road courses, you're mostly looking for PD, but in a GPP, yes, you are looking for right. the guy to possibly go out there, finish well, preferably win, and still but, lead a good amount of laps. Okay, so here's the other thing about Larson here, right? And this this is what a lot of people are going to rely on, by the way. And this is why you got to dig deeper into these numbers. His average starting position in the last four Sonoma races, because keep in mind, they didn't run it in 2020 when he wasn't in the cup series. <clears throat> He's run exactly as many as everybody else, right? Same sample size. His average starting position when he was in the 42 car was 2.0 in the last four Sonoma races. He was on the pole three years in a row in that car. His average finish, 15 and a half, with one top 10. Okay? So it seems like he goes backwards, right? Because... Mm-hmm starting second, average finish of 15th. Here's the thing. He knows how to make it around there fast enough to be on the pole. Now you put it with a setup that they know how to get long run out of and in a much better car than the 42, 
I mean, he started second at Coda on a track he's never raced on before and finished second at Coda. And arguably should have won the race. So, I think it basically comes down to equipment. The guy's a wheel man. He knows how to drive basically anything. And clearly he can make it around Sonoma pretty quickly if he's on the pole three years in a row at a track that he, you know, supposedly doesn't do well at. So, you know, I'm not saying he's a hundred percent lock. Obviously, you're not going to do that with a guy on the pole. Um, but I just think it was a mispriced by DK. All the right. price seven hundred. Um, I know you mentioned that Kyle Busch has won here before. Uh, he's looked a lot better lately. But I mean, last week he had the benefit of one PD, two practice and qualifying. But overall, he's actually he's had a very, very, very good car lately. Um, so. Kyle Busch is a severely underrated road course driver. How do you feel about his teammate, Denny Hamlin, who hasn't really uh, wowed us by any means? He only has one top five in his last five races coming into Sonoma. Um, it's, he just hasn't really uh, – he's been okay. He just hasn't really looked like the Denny Hamlin that we've known that can go out and straight up dominate a race. But is he still worthy of playing on a road course? Uh, I think he is. I think it's a similar thing to what we said about um, Martin Truex with the package being his friend this week. Um, I think Denny's looked better in the 750 package than the 550 package this year in general. You could say that mostly about JGR in general. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think he's I think he's back to being you know he he look he was on fire to start the year didn't get a win right he had back to back races with more than two hundred laps led didn't win either of them um, and then you know Talladega happened and crashed out and then since Talladega he's been kind of so so right like. He's been decent. He's posted better than 46 points three times in the last five races on DK. Pretty solid. Still coming up a little bit short on value, though, because he's priced so dang high. So this week at less than 10000 on a track he's done well at in the past. Uh, yeah, I'm back in on I'm back in on Denny. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> I don't want to touch on Byron and Blaney because I don't want to talk about necessarily every driver so I, I think it is worthwhile to just to talk about kurt bush and yeah the, the obvious chalk that he represents this week yeah for once this season a big name driver is actually starting behind eric almarola <laughs> when we're using the formula um <clears throat> kurt bush had a disastrous cook 600 um had him you know what his belt well his oil pan i think fell off the first time or the belt fell off they went in and fixed it and then it it basically blew up the engine after he came back out. Um, so that was a pretty lousy, uh, lousy day. Chastain also had the same problem, too. So both Ganassi cars had had that issue uh, last weekend, even though they never announced that uh, Chastain had an issue on the broadcast. Um, but yeah, so he's starting, what, 30th this week? That's an awful lot of PD at a track that Kurt Busch has been. I mean, he's been okay at. I'm not going to say he's been. I mean, he's been, you know, three top tens in the last four races. No top fives. Starts 15th, finishes in the top ten. 
basically Kurt Busch in a nutshell, right? Doesn't lead a whole lot of laps, not a lot of fastest laps, just going to kind of move up in the field. But, um, you know, that's kind of what we're paying for Kurt Busch for this week. He's $9,100 on DK. I think there's more than enough PD value there for, for him to get. sure. For <laughs> Because if sure. he gets back into the top 15, like that car is usually capable of running, you got 15 points of PD plus a massive boost in finish position. And yeah. Uh, what's your approach with Kevin Harvick this week? Uh, surprisingly, and uh, quite rarely, he is under $9,000 this week. Yeah, that's kind of surprising to see him that low on the pricing salaries there. Um, that's a pretty. St- Stark difference from being 10k last week for the Coke 600. Um, I don't think we've seen him under 9,000. The last time we saw him under 9,000 was for the Food City Dirt Race. Yeah. So, which was basically a wild card. Um, I don't know. He's been kind of hit and miss this year. I mean, that's a lot with SHR. I mean, they're. I think that the problem with SHR is that Tony Stewart is more focused on the. SRX Racing League than he is about what's happening in his own garage with his own cars. I think, you know, I think that's what's up. Um, I mean, I'll say that Harvick had a good run from, you know, Talladega to Kansas to Darlington to Dover. However, this this is a road course that's unlike any of those, obviously. Um, right. I kind of agree with you. Like, I'm, I'm not... Like, the, the fact that he's... N- under 9k he's starting eighth like if he can get a couple spots of pd steal a top five like like he's capable of doing that right right a track that in the last four now granted again it's two years ago a lot has changed but harvick pretty well dominated last year right so um his average finish is 3.8 in the last four races here at sonoma for what it's worth it's the best average finish in the field uh he's won here he's got four top tens um, so he's fully capable of finishing inside the top five, for sure. It's just a matter of, do they come with the correct package on this car? Because keep in mind, the last time they were here, yes, it was the same horsepower, but completely different downforce. Right. Right? So that's going to change the balance of the car. It's going to change the setup. It's going to change how it handles. And there's 90 laps to have it right. So, you know. His uh, profile on DraftKings, and, and man, DraftKings does an awful job of updating their information. Yes. It says, Kevin Harvick is driving the number four car for BJ McLeod Motorsports. Excellent. <laughs> uh, all right, well, let's move on. Um, I don't know. Is, is there anything worth touching on with Alex Bowman and Brad Kozlowski? Brad is just uh, been a rough go of it lately. I don't know <clears> if I necessarily <throat> want to play him this week. Yeah, the whole I'll tell you what I'm doing when I can tell you what I'm doing thing has me very concerned that he's basically piecing out on Penske and just mailing it in the rest of the way. Um, You think so? I mean, he's qualified for the playoffs. I mean, like, I could see him, like, maybe going on cruise control until the playoffs. But at the same time, like, there's still money to be made. Maybe. Maybe. Because here's the thing. We don't know what these guys are paid, right? But a, but if you listen to, so there's a few recent podcasts that have come out. Um, the I Am Athlete 
series of podcasts, which is done by Brandon Marshall and a few other uh, former NFL guys like Chad Ochocinco's on there, Fred Taylor's on there, whatnot. They've done a collaboration with NASCAR where Brandon Marshall was on the Dale Jr. download a couple of weeks ago, and then that week they also had Dale Jr. on the I Am Athlete, and then he took him for a ride around Charlotte and scared the bejesus out of him. Um, They also had Bubba Wallace on the podcast, and they had Kyle Busch on the podcast. And Bubba Wallace and Kyle Busch talked about how there are two different ways to get or and actually all three of them. There are two different ways that these guys get paid, right? There's a flat rate where they get paid like X amount of dollars per year, no matter what the hell happens in the car, right? You finish 30th, you still get paid. You win, you still get paid the same amount, whatnot. The other way to do it is what Dan's probably familiar with, which would be like basically taking points, right? So like, you take a percentage of the purse that the car wins, mm-hmm. right? Because actors do that with movies. They'll take points on the box office. So they take a percentage of whatever the hell the box office gross is on the movie. So we don't know if Kislowski's getting a flat rate fee or if he's getting paid based off of the winnings. If he's getting paid a flat rate fee, what the hell's the incentive for him to if he's actually leaving, right? He's a playoff guy. I get it, but what the hell's the point of carrying in the summer when nothing's going to change the fact that he's in the playoffs? Like he just looks like in a daze right now. Like he just does not. I don't know. Like he just does not <laughs> care really, and his performances show that, man. Like he, like starting he ninth, and he's eighty five hundred. Yeah, I mean it's tempting, right? And he did he had a solid enough run at the Coke six hundred. He started thirteenth, finished eleventh. Congratulations. Yeah. And he moved up five spots. He started twenty fourth and finished nineteenth at the the Coda, right? So I don't know. I'm not saying not to play him. I'm not saying <clears throat> he's not in play, but I don't know, man. I have a hard time with Penske right now. Bowman though, I like Bowman on road courses. Guy usually does pretty well, plus it's a Hendrick Chevy. You can't really go wrong with Hendrick Chevys right now. Okay. Um, this mid-range has some pretty good names from Christopher Bell, DiBenedetto. Yeah, Rebic. don't <laughs> forget that DiBenedetto finished fourth here in 2019. Same package. Well, yeah, basically, same. Yeah. And this car that he's in now is arguably better than the car he was in when he did that. Are we eating the Eric Almarola? There is no chalk. Are we playing Eric Almarola this week? Yeah, the Eric Almarola chalk went out the window about nine <laughs> yeah. weeks ago. That's a good point. I can't believe I even phrased it that way. Um, God, he's been bad. He started 26th at, at, at Coda and finished 26th at Coda. He's starting 26th now. Right, the SHR cars have just looked like complete it's so trash. Bad. They look like complete trash. I mean, I know that Eric Amarola's done pretty decently well here. His average start, by the way, is twenty two point seven in the last three races. Twenty nine, twenty four, and fifteenth. When he started twenty ninth and twenty fourth, he finished twenty seventh and eighth. So, which one are you picking this time? <laughs> I guess that's about what it goes down to with Eric Amarola. 
you have the guts to eat the salary and potentially kill a GPP lineup. Sure don't. Um, Ross Chastain has finally seen the price tag jump significantly. Yeah, seriously. What? Uh, Seventy-seven hundred is is. He's gone up seventeen hundred dollars in the last two. He was the last time we were on a road course. He was six thousand dollars. He's starting twenty-ninth. He was six thousand dollars. No, no, no. Dakota started twentieth, and he finished fourth. <laughs> driving all over that track, he used up more tracks than anybody else <laughs> I think I've ever seen. Uh, Chastain is a sneaky good road racer, man. Like, and don't forget, he's in a car that was on the pole. Like, they know how to set it up to be fast here. Can they get the long run speed here? I don't know. Has he raced in Oma before? Uh, that's a good question. Let's go ahead and check. Ross Chastain has raced it once. He started 37th and finished 33rd. Hmm. At least in the last four races, which goes back four years. I can go back further than that and see what the heck happens here. Well, given the jump in the price tag, it's probably just going to limit him to GPPs. But I... Probably, because that's a... I could see playing him in cash, though. Yeah, I mean, the PD is there to do mm-hmm. it, right? And 7,700 isn't terrible. If he reproduces what mm-hmm. he did at Coda, it's not terrible. What did he do at the DRC? I don't remember off the top of my head uh, exactly what Chastain did uh, at Daytona Road. So let me go ahead and pull that up here he real finished quick. finished 39th, started 9th. Okay, well, that's kind of the opposite of what we want to have happen. He got into an accident, though. It's so like. Yeah, everybody got into an accident. I mean, Kurt Bush sailed it through the grass for like three quarters of a mile. Like, yeah. <laughs> everybody got into an accident at Daytona Road. So, right. um, well, let's move on. Average running position was because that would be very interesting to me. Where is Ross Chastain's average running position? I can't believe I want to talk about Michael McDowell and you just want to keep talking about Ross Chastain. Yeah, I mean, he's... it's Chastain's <laughs> intriguing. Michael McDowell's always in play on a road course. The guy Go ahead. Road racer. Guy's a sneaky good road racer. I was off of him at the Daytona road course because he was starting second because he won the Daytona 500. Then somehow he, like, dropped back to, like, 40th at one point and then wound up finishing 8th. I don't know. Oh, how he, he dropped back to 40th like early on. I think he spun out in turn one. He spun out in turn one on the first lap, I think. Right. And yeah. Then like ate his fender in his tire and or got into it with Kyle Bush, maybe. Yeah, like, and he's still got a top ten. And somehow pulled off a top ten. So uh yeah, Michael. He got McDowell, a top ten at Coda a couple weeks ago. He's a very good road racer. He has a lot of open wheel experience. Um, so he's always in play. Also, this package has been pretty good to Michael McDowell in the past. He's been solid here at Sonoma, not uh, phenomenal, but he does have, um, you know, he he's been he's been pretty good on road courses. What's your approach? Um, I'm going to skip over uh, Chris Buescher just because you you kind of know to give him some love at this point. Um, but what's your approach with Eric Jones this week? I mean, 
He's been pretty decent in road courses, the last couple road courses. He has, and there's been more speed in that 43 car the last few weeks, too. Um, You know, the the results haven't necessarily fully been there, but he's been running better than the results really show. So um, he looked pretty good at Coda. He did look pretty good at Coda. Picked up 13 spots there, although when you're starting 29, not really anywhere else to go but up. Um, but he's been sneaky good at, at PD uh, in multiple races this year. He's, he picked up 13 at Coda. He picked up 12 spots, a good year 400, which was what? What the heck was a good year? Oh, Darlington? Yeah. Um... He picked up 11 spots at Richmond. He picked up 13 spots at the dirt, you know, the dirt track. Um, so he's capable of being a big mover. Um, and most of those were done in this package. So. I mean, he's got two top 15s at uh, Daytona Road Course. Yeah, I Sonoma's mean. Sonoma's been pretty friendly to him, like. Two yeah, he's got a couple of top tens in the last two times we've run here. Now, keep in mind, those were Joe Gibbs. Correct. Ours. Um, but like but you said, I'm I can make the argument that the 43 right now in this package has been running almost as well as some of those Joe Gibbs cars. So, I don't know. I'd be willing to take a shot. I still don't think he's cash ready, but I'd, I'd put him in some GPPs. All right. Any value plays you're kind of looking at or liking right off the top of your head? Yeah, I mean, James Davison's always in play on a road course. Guy's got plenty of, um, you know, open wheel experience. Daniel Suarez, really impressed at Coda. Um, I thought he looked pretty good. He grew up road racing, by the way, in carts, um, you know, go-karts and whatnot. Um Ryan Newman has been surprisingly good at Sonoma the last four trips. Okay, I was hoping you would say that. I have a really nice GPP lineup that I'm throwing into the the big, the live final qualifier, and he's in it. And I was hoping you would. Yeah, he's got a couple of top. He's got a couple of top tens in the last four trips to to Wine Country. Um, he's been a little bit down recently, so I think some people are going to be off of him. Plus, you know. <clears throat> hit the wall at the Coke 600, so some people might have recency bias against him. Uh, but I like Newman this week. Um, you know, some other cheapies. Stenhouse not really in play. Uh, Bubba Wallace is back to not being in play, because road courses are... He's got to do it more than one t- The only reason he looked good at Coda was because it was raining and everybody else looked like crap. Right? Like... And he didn't even look that good at Coda because he wound up finishing 39th and crashing out anyway, um, which I don't even think was his fault, really. Right? I think he got into it with Harvick, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, he it's still a fade on Bubba. Cause, um, and not playing Ben Rhodes in his cup debut. That's not happening. Oh, darn it. What car is he in again this week? He's in the seventh right, seven. for uh, Haley. Spire. I don't know, because Haley's got to run Xfinity. Yeah. So, 
And the crew chief he was supposed to make his debut with, who he's actually worked with before, is actually suspended because of two loose lug nuts. So now it's some backup crew chief um, on a track. I'm pretty sure Ben Rhodes has never run before. Um, in a cup car that he's never... That sounds like a recipe for success. <laughs> yeah. Um, one other guy that kind of stands out a little bit, Corey joy has been a little hit and miss on road courses. Um... So he's a GPP play. So you could toss him in a GPP to save some money. Um, but in terms of dominators, we're not really going to get dominators here. I mean, you can. It's happened before. But, like... If you're going to build a lineup with a dominator, you should be building with just one dominator in mind. Right. You're either going to sell out for Truex or Chase or Kyle Busch <clears throat> or Kyle Larson. Yeah, you shouldn't be playing. Well, you could play Truex with any of those guys, but you shouldn't be playing Larson and Elliott right. together. You 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 do not play the front row together no. on a road course. I wouldn't put two of the same top five in a lineup together, really. I mean, because pit strategy gets wonky on road courses, and guys might get trapped in the back planning on something, and then the second part of their strategy never pays off because like a caution doesn't come out because it's a road course and it's tougher to get when it's not raining it's a lot tougher to get cautions on road courses if you're playing if you're playing cash games because i know we're going to get this i know we typically get the question i think it's from ravens purple every week is this going to be more of a cash or gpp course i think it's more of a cash course yeah i would say so i don't think there's a whole lot of but you'll get the same people deploying the same strategy, and rightfully so, because it's just this is a track where you pretty much just target people that offer PD. Right. I mean, that's generally been the play here um, in the past, and we'll have more of a breakdown on it in the track breakdown and you know playbook coming out later this weekend. Um, but yeah, I would lean a little bit more towards road courses lend themselves more towards cash because A, there's less guys that crash out at road courses typically, or if they do, it's just a single car spin and they get back going. And It's hard to lose a lap. Right. It's a lot harder to lose a lap even when you pit and you have a terrible pit stop. It's like basically impossible to <laughs> lose a lap here. There's also so few laps that the differentiator in trying to target different laps led dominators doesn't exist here, right? Like, you could, but on the off chance that, you know, I, I don't know, let's just say Denny Hamlin comes out and dominates. Okay, cool. But, like, the rest of the strategy is still going to be PD, right? Mm -hmm. So, I'm not saying, like, I'll probably play a balanced approach, but that's a lot more cash-heavy than I normally play at this point. All right. Well, Matt, any final thoughts? Or I thought that was a, a very well-thought-out podcast by us. So, go team. <laughs> yeah, that you know, it wrapped up pretty nicely. Um, obviously, we'll have more content. Um, oh, yeah, I honestly good. might have the Xfinity playbook up on Thursday night for a Saturday race. Yeah, he said he already has it written, basically. He's ahead of the game on uh, his stuff because I'm buried with some other uh, tech side stuff that you all will find out about very soon. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'll, you know, the normal schedule holds. The track breakdown will be out at some point uh, tomorrow on Thursday. 
um, rankings and projections likely out on Friday at some point. Um, playbook will be out on Saturday, and then core plays I'll publish again on Sunday, just so that you know don't have to go back and readjust it for late breaking. You know, this guy's going to the back kind of news because that will make a difference here. By the way, if a guy drops to the rear on a road course. Again, might depend on who it is, but if it's a guy in the top five, it's going to change our ownership of that guy a little bit. Because it's trickier to get back up front on a 90-lap road course. Right. All right. Well, Matt, thank you so much for your time. Uh, you'll be in the chat on Sunday. I'll be in the chat on Sunday and Saturday. So Yes, I will be in the chat on Sunday up until some point. Depends on when my wife gets off because it is our anniversary on Sunday. So I'm assuming. Well, happy anniversary to the Selzes. Yep. So uh, do that, and then I come back and do a bunch more technical work overnight. <laughs> That's romantic, but best of luck it to you. It has to get done, man. It's got to get done. <laughs> All right. Best of luck to you and best of luck to the FA Nation this week for Sonoma. Best of luck, FA Nation.